Welcome. My name is Van Richards. I'm a chartered financial consultant. And today we are talking one of the largest manufacturers of COVID-19 vaccines in the whole world. Today we're talking about Pfizer. So let's go ahead and begin in with today's daily stock analysis. Thank you for joining me today. If this is your first time to visit, what I'd like to ask you to do is to think about the information that I'm going to give to you today. And if it's a value to you, go over and subscribe because every day I come to you with new information about stocks that you may have heard of and those that you may not have heard of. And I always help you to leave with more information than you arrived with. And I want to tell you today, this this broadcast is sponsored by Richard's Financial Planning. If you are frustrated with your finances, go over to richardsfinancialplanning.com. We're in a new year and where you want to get things working in the right direction, make New Year's resolutions to get your finances on the right track. Richard's Financial Planning can help you do that. Go over to Richard's Financial Planning and learn more about the prosperous planning process. Okay, let's go ahead and begin right into talking about Pfizer. I know a lot of you are familiar with Pfizer because they're a vaccine manufacturer. They're actually the primary va- primary vaccine manufacturer for the COVID-19 vaccine in the United States right now. Now, there are other different companies that are coming out with more vaccines as time goes by, but by far, Pfizer dominates. But can you name another drug that Pfizer makes? They make so many. If you go over to their website, there's a laundry list of many different drugs that they manufacture that are integral to people's lives and help health in a significant way. But what I want to do, rather than just giving you all that information, I want to help you digest and understand how the company is arranged and how it's designed so that you can make decisions on whether this is going to be a good stock for you to put into your portfolio or not. So let's go ahead and begin dissecting what Pfizer is all about. The company in itself really has two different divisions. There's Biopharma and then there's Upjohn. Biopharma has really six different business units. There's the oncology unit, inflammation and immunology, rare diseases. They also have a division for hospital. And many of you are familiar, obviously, with vaccines. There's an internal medicine division also. Now, Upjohn is an interesting story because Upjohn is primarily an off-patent branded generic medicines business. And Upjohn really is scheduled, they're poised to be spun off to create a new company called Viartis. And that'll actually be a good thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. The footprint of the company and where they get your revenues from, 47% in the United States, 17% is from developed Europe, 13% is from the rest of the developed world, and a very big growing part, 23% of the company's revenues is coming from the emerging markets. When we put all that together, that adds up to be a company that's worth about $204 to $205 billion. Now, they they ended the day down just a smidgen. They were at $36.75 today, which is not all very much. And, you know, as we go through this today, one of the interesting questions 
questions is going to be, why is this company undervalued? And I'm telling you right now, most of the analysts out there are going to think that this company is undervalued. So the big question is going to be, why is that? So we're going to take it apart. We're going to look at the company's financials a little bit. We're going to take a fundamental analysis viewpoint. We're going to look at the stability, the earnings, and the competitiveness of this particular company. We begin with the same thing that we do with every stock because this is a recipe. If you follow the recipe, you find stocks that fit your preferences. We look at the moat first. It's that superpower that a company has that sets them apart and lets them excel over top of their competitors in doing business. Um, Let me tell you, friends, Pfizer has a lot of superpowers. Their moat begins with proprietary assets. They have numerous drug, drug patents. And if you're not familiar with it, a drug patent lasts for about 20 years. If you've ever had some sort of, uh, let's say, uh, respiratory infection, you've taken Zithromax. That's been around for a while. And it's going to be around for a while, too, as a drug that's available from Pfizer because it's still on patent. They had numerous cost advantages, too. They're such a large company at over $200 billion. They have an economy of scale, and they have a distribution network that is significant. The other thing is the cost of switching makes a big difference, too, especially when we start talking about vaccines. Think about the all of what goes into making a vaccine and what you've heard more this year about vaccines than you've ever heard of before. You know that the vaccine that they have available has to be stored at a very cold temperature. And if you look more into how it's developed, there are specific tolerances that have to be met to make that vaccine effective. So the switching cost is significant. They have a size advantage and they have a lot of cash. Let's just put it that way. With $200 billion, they've got a lot of cash on hands, hand. And when there is a new drug, which is possibly coming to market, they have to obligate around $800 million in development costs for every new drug that comes to market. So let's take a look and see how they did in the past nine months with their revenues. 2020, if we look at it ending up in September, the new one, new uh, projections are actually not projections, but the new numbers will be coming out pretty soon. But in September, they were at $35 billion, approximately close to $36 billion. That's actually down when we look at it from the standpoint of numbers. Now, this is when I, when I'm looking at the numbers from 2019, they're at 39 billion. I'm leaving some of the numbers off. Let's say 39 billion versus 35 billion. So they're off close to 8% in revenues. So what's going on over there at Pfizer? Let's take it down just a little bit further. Remember before I told you that Upjohn is prepared to be spun off to be a new company? Let's look and see why that's happening. With Upjohn in 2020, their revenues were at about $5.9 billion. In 2019, they were at $8.5 billion. So that close to 8% difference in revenues for the whole company. Well, the biggest reason it was down is right here. It's Upjohn. Upjohn was down around 30% for the nine months ended in September. And that's one of the reasons why the CEO that came into office on in 2019's decided one of his first decisions was to spin off up John. Compare it to Biopharma. Biopharma had 2020 ending in September at about 30 billion versus 2019 at about 28 billion. Really, 
they had about a five and a half percent increase. So the company is actually growing, even in spite of having a terrible year because of the coronavirus, they're growing quite a bit. Now, let's see where all this growth is at. And I think that you need to look at this almost like a mutual fund of of drug company, of a drug company, because there's so many different divisions. There's 19% in internal medicine, 22% in oncology, 15% in hospital, 13% in vaccines, 9% in inflammation and immunology, rare diseases at 6%. We're going to talk about rare diseases in the end a little bit more detail. And then Upjohn, which is being spun off, is only representing about 16% of the entire company. From a profit standpoint, the most profitable drug they have, they have one drug, one drug, Prevnar 13, which is a pneumococcal disease drug, which made in the first nine months of 2020, $4.1 billion, just from one drug. So spinning off up, John, is actually going to be a good thing going forward. Now, the diluted earnings were hurt in the past year. 2020, it was $1.60. 2019, it was $2.92. So they were really off about 45% in earnings just for that time period. Now, dividends, look, friends, dividends are probably one of the best parts about this company. They're significant. For 2020, they paid out about $2.1 billion in dividends compared to 2019, which was closer to about $2 billion. And they have a 4.23% dividend. And the musical interlude I play because I want you to understand that if you're looking for retirement income or you're looking for growth through dividends, this is significant. And let me let me make this just point really clear to you. If the tax laws are going to change here in the United States and capital gains are going to be taxed at higher, dividend producing companies like Pfizer, are going to be more in favor because with a 4.23% dividend, that's significant. Okay, so let's keep going on and see how things are working over there. Obviously, look, I have to tell you also that the past performance is never going to be a guarantee of the future results. Also, remember to stick around at the very end because I have a disclosure that I want to talk to you about just to tell you the limitations of this information. All right, now we're talking about earnings. Remember when we talk about the recipe, the SEC, the stability, and the earnings, are they good? Are they going to be able to be stable? When we look at the chart that I have thrown up today, it goes back to 2014. And we see that the earnings have been jagged. They've been stair-stepped. And there are some years that it's had some pretty drastic differences. In 2019, they had a pretty significant fall. But look, every time, if you look at the chart in front of you, the dotted line is going to be the estimates and the solid line is going to be actually what is paid. And almost every time they exceeded estimates. And that's a good thing because they have an understanding of what's coming up and what possibly the profits are going to be going to, toward the future. In a moment, I'm going to talk a little bit more about guidance. But when we look at what some of the analysts are saying the possible earnings are going to be, um, they're more on the downside right now. But remember, analysts are sometimes wrong, too. All right. What happened in price with this particular stock? Let's get in the Wayback Machine and go back to the 14th of January of 2020. And the price at that point in time was 
0.407. Now, when I did this around lunchtime, it was at 36.91. Remember today, it actually ended at 36.75. So for the period of one year, it's only up about 1.3, 1.38%, which is not a lot. But remember also that four point some dividend has been paid on top of that. So if you're using this as a investment that you're hoping will grow basically because of dividends and growth, that's working to your favor. All right, let's go back a little bit further because I think it's important that we look at this in a broader perspective. So I go back three years to 2018 and look at the price at $30.95, almost 96 cents. And when we bring it up to today, that shows it in that three-year time period that the average annual percentage rate was a little bit over 6%. When we add on the dividend that they're paying, it's paid about a 10% gain per year. But remember always, the past performance is not going to be a guarantee of what the future results are. So what's Pfizer's guidance out there toward the future? They're saying that their revenues, their annual revenues are going to be their projecting revenues between 48.8 billion and 49.5 billion. I believe that's about a 3 to 4% increase over where they are right now. They're also saying that their adjusted diluted earnings per share is going to be about 288 to 2.93. That's going to be more in line with what the earnings were in 2019 and I think that that is going to be one of the biggest results is going to be the drag that Upjohn has right now on earnings. But remember earnings are just projections. And I want to pause real quick and tell you just a little bit about one of our sponsors, I am so glad to have Advice for Life Insurance as a sponsor. If you need life insurance, you can find the best life insurance at the lowest price in less than five minutes at Advice for Life Insurance. Go over and visit their website at adviceforlifeinsurance.com. If you need life insurance, life insurance, they can help you out. All right, let's look at the bulls and the bears. What are the analysts saying? The bullish analysts are saying this. Number one, this company has a huge pipeline of drugs available, not just those that are in patent currently, but those that are being developed. Watch the cardiovascular drug Vindiquel. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's V-Y-N-D-A-Q-E-L. Watch that drug. That's a drug that is for people that have a mostly a hereditary cardiac uh, disease. And in, in some per- certain instances, if I can spit it out here today, in certain instances, this drug can make the difference between life and death for people. And that's one that most analysts say this could make a difference. This could be something that could replace the Prevnar 13. Okay. The other thing is obviously the dividends are extremely good. The spinoff of Upjohn will help the company growth. Now, so far, I haven't talked about the COVID-19 vaccines at all. That's because if you look at all the other information that I presented to you, you can see that the COVID-19 vaccine is just this much. It's not that much in, in the realm of everything. However, 
it may be going forward when profits are actually started to be made from the COVID-19 vaccine. 2021 sales of the COVID vaccine could exceed $14 billion. And this is something that's just come out in the last week or so, where scientists are basically saying that the drug is only going to be effective for a year. That means it may be just like the pneumococcal vaccine or the flu vaccine. It has to be taken on an annual basis. So this may add to the bottom line. And if you think that that's going to add to the profits of the company, then it would be good for you going forward. Now, look, nothing's positive with anything. So we always have to look at what the bearish side is, too. And this is what some of the bearish analysts are saying about this this company right now. They've had some good cost-cutting efforts, but those aggressive cost cuts in the R&D could hurt development, and they should be careful of that. The other thing is Merck has a pneumococcal vaccine that could possibly overtake Prevnar 13. So that may be something that could hurt the company going forward. Remember that that one drug was responsible for about $4 billion in revenues last year. So if that one drug falls to the wayside, it's going to affect the bottom line of the company in total. The other thing is drug manufacturing is a fierce competition. So you have to keep that in mind. And if you look back at the chart for the earnings, you know that competition's fierce. So what is a fair value then if this is undervalued? Is it undervalued? Well, according to Morningstar, yes, this is an undervalued stock. They actually rate this as a four-star stock. And remember, this is different than when they're talking about mutual funds. When you talk about a mutual fund, there's a lot of different things that go into the four-star rating. When you talk about a four-star rating for a stock, it's primarily based on the value of the stock in itself. And there's a lot of things that go into... Morningstar estimating what their value is. They do EBITDA and sales, et cetera, from that standpoint. So there's a lot of information that goes into it. But what they're saying that the fair market value is, is $40. And if it's selling for about $36.75 a share, I know I put $36.80 up there right now, but it's really at $36.75 for the end of the day. It's really selling at about an 8% discount. All right, now what are some of the other analysts that are saying out there about this particular stock? Out of 15 analysts that are giving an opinion on this stock, about five of them are saying that it's a strong buy, but 10 of them are saying that this company is a hold. I don't think that they really see the possibilities of what could be the effect of the coronavirus vaccine. Um, And I think that that's probably, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think that's one of the biggest factors right now for this company going forward. If If the coronavirus vaccine is actually an annual vaccine, it's going to add to the bottom line significantly. And right now, Pfizer is the number one drug manufacturer in the United States for the coronavirus vaccine. So I think it's going to have an effect on it going forward. How is this company comparing to other companies? Remember, we talk about the SEC, the stability, the earnings, and the competitiveness. So let's look at it from the standpoint of the past year by throwing up on the screen the spaghetti graph that shows how the company is comparing it to other different companies that are in similar size 
and talking about the dividend because the dividend is a significant part of this company's growth going forward. Pfizer, when we look at the screen, you'll see it in blue. It's actually the number two company that's out there as far as growth in the past year goes. They have a good dividend. It's here at 4.12%. I know it's a little different from the number that I had just previously, but it's around 4%. The company that actually beat them in value, in the value race for the year, the past 12 months, was Eli Lilly. But Eli Lilly doesn't have a dividend that is as high as Pfizer's. Pfizer's has a dividend. Pfizer has a dividend over 4%. Eli Lilly is at 1.6%. Merck & Company, which is the competitor for their pneumococcal disease drug, is paying a 3.01% dividend. And you'll see that really for the year, they're negative. And then at the bottom is GlaxoSmithKline. They do pay a high dividend at 5.83%. But They're in negative territory for the past 12 months. They're down about 18 to 17%. So Pfizer actually has done very, very well in comparison. Now, what are some of the other analysts out there saying? You have to understand that when I start to put together this for the afternoon, I get this big, long list of all the different analysts, and I go through it. And there are some analysts that have more of an impact on the value of the shares than others. What I've done is I've pulled those that have little or no effect out and only put in the analysts that have a significant effect on the share value. When we look at it from that perspective, the company that is the most pessimistic on the valuation is Piper Sandler. Piper Sandler's picking a value. Their price target right now for Pfizer is between $18.50 and 24 And, well, let's say that they put their estimates out in June of 2020, and since then they've been wrong. Because today at $36.75, it's over top of what their price target was. Now, the most optimistic one is Cantor Fitzgerald, and they have a buy, which they've put on this. And they're saying they're not putting a range. They're saying their target price is $53 a share. So if you're buying in at $36.75 and your target is $53, you've got a lot of room to go. And I really think that what companies like Cantor Fitzgerald, I can't speak for them, But in my opinion, I really think that a lot of the value going forward is going to be coming from the development of the coronavirus drugs. I know that's only about one-sixth of the company, but in the short term, that extra $14 billion is going to add to the revenues of the company significantly. Also, I think the spinoff of Upjohn is going to help them. And if you look at some of the other different divisions, there's a lot of good possibilities going on too. But we have to understand that when we're looking at a drug company, there's a lot of unpredictability that goes on there. The Federal Federal Drug Administration can really just stop everything cold in its tracks. If they determine that a drug is not where it should be, they can pull the rug out from under it. And that can really hurt things going on toward the future. Um, So anyhow, as we finish up today, just to remind you, we've looked at the stability, the earnings and the competitiveness. And I'm hoping that I gave you a little bit of information to to think about for the day. All right, friends, thank you very much for visiting today. If you have a stock that you would like to learn more about, 
put it into the comments and write to me. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know where you are in the world. If there's a stock in your country that you're interested in, and if I can find information on it, I'll be glad to try to work it in. Now, I can't do it for every stock, but I try to really read the comments and put the information in that you want to hear. So thank you very much for visiting today and stick around for the disclosure. It's really important to understand the limitations of what my information is. Thanks a lot and have a good evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And here's the disclosure. Richards Financial Planning, LLC, is an investment advisor. This publication's content reflects the views of Richards Financial Planning, LLC, and sources deemed to be reliable. There are many different interpretations of investment statistics and other ideas on best using that information. This recording is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. The views expressed do not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities. There are no warranties expressed or implied regarding accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from any information that's presented. The opinions expressed are as of the date of the recording, Opinions are subject to change. Views and opinions of guests are not necessarily those of Richards Financial Planning, LLC, its owners, employees, or affiliates. Richards Financial Planning, LLC, and its affiliates are not associated with the guest or the affiliates unless otherwise stated. Van Richards is a managing member of Richards Financial Planning, LLC. The stock quotes, charge articles, or any other statements regarding the market or additional financial information is obtained from our supplier sources, and we believe it to be reliable. However, we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Our company, our employees, or our information providers, guests, or affiliates are not liable for any errors or inaccuracies related to this presentation. It does not matter what the cause might be for any possible mistake. We cannot be responsible for inaccuracies. Richards Financial Planning LLC only transacts business in states where it is appropriately registered or excluded or exempted from registration requirements. It does not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. When considering this material, you should discuss your circumstances with professionals in those areas before you make any decisions. The information contained in this presentation does not consider your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs. To evaluate if any investment is suitable for you, you should consider your financial position, investment objective, and risk tolerance before making any investment decisions. The past performance is not a guarantee of future results, and all investments are subject to investment risk, which includes the possible loss of principal.